Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, editor of the Investors Chronicle, and I'm here with my colleague from FT Money, Rob Budden. Hello. And together we're going to be bringing you this week's financial lowdown in downloadable form. So, Rob, what have we got in the show this time? Well, it never rains but it pours, but how can you protect your property from flood damage? And is the bottom finally falling out of the buy-to-let market? And divorces at the supermarket, is there really anything that Tesco won't sell? I don't think there is, but uh, if you've got a question that you'd like us to tackle, you can email them to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. But first, this week's money news. So, Rob, what's the big story for savers and investors right now? Well, Revenue and Customs have announced that they'd like new powers to suck money out of people's bank accounts if they don't pay their tax bills on time. At the moment, this is just in a consultation paper, and it would require legislative change if it was adopted. But it's causing real consternation among accountants. I can imagine it's causing consternation among accountants, uh, taxpayers everywhere. Does this mean that they could just take the money without your permission? Yeah, at the moment they have to go through the courts and they say there's about 200,000 taxpayers that they have to pursue through the courts each year. It costs them a lot of money, takes a lot of time and it doesn't always actually end in them, them getting the money. Um, under this system, if you didn't pay your tax bill, they could literally just get the money out of your bank account. And initially how it would work is they would money would sort of be set aside within your bank account um, and that would be set aside for the revenue. You would then receive several warnings saying that they were going to take the money so that it would give you time to pay the tax bill. And then finally, if you didn't, it would actually be sucked out of your account. That's all very well, but uh, we both know that uh, HM Revenue and Customs uh, do make a number of mistakes with tax returns and tax calculations. Yes. So, I mean, the key here, if this were to come in, is to keep, keep an eagle eye on any tax demands. They are saying they're going to give assurances that they won't use the powers if there's a disputed tax bill, for example. So if you, if you thought they got the calculation wrong, dispute it. And, and if this were to come in, that would apparently stop them getting the money out of your account. I suppose the, the real issue here is there's a lot of devil in the detail and there's a lot of concerns about this. For example, if it's a joint account, what happens there? There are issues that, you know, you, you know, you might not know that your partner's behind with their bills and suddenly a lot of money's taken out of your joint account. So really, I think if this were to go through, and, and, and it's certainly by no means clear that it will because it seems quite unpopular, but again, the, the detail would be very important. 
sounds like a, a power too far, but I'm sure we'll come back to this topic in future programmes. Rob, thanks very much. Thank you. And remember, you can get all the latest money news at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come in the programme, buy-to-let property. What would the loss of tax breaks do to the market? And divorce lawyer to aisle 12. Is a supermarket legal kit really the best way to split? But first... Rain. And more rain. And then even more rain. If you're as fed up as Noah at the floods that we've been enduring, you may draw some consolation from the fact that you're not alone. According to the Association of British Insurers, more than two million homes are at risk from flooding. So insurers expect to pay out hundreds of millions of pounds in flood-related claims this summer, and last week alone an estimated 8,600 weather-related claims came, well, flooding in. But what are the longer-term effects for the victims financially? What will it do to house prices and insurance premiums in the affected areas? Steve Lodge waded in with a deluge of questions for Malcolm Tarling of the ABI. Malcolm, given all the recent flooding, what's the insurance bill? At this stage, we are looking at an insurance bill in excess of a billion pounds. That's for damage caused to the 30,000-odd homes that have been affected and the 5,000 businesses from which we're getting claims in. It's going to be a big bill for the insurance industry, no doubt there. And what's the advice to policyholders? If you've been affected by flooding, the number one priority must be to make sure your insurance company knows. So contact them. Most companies will have your 24-hour emergency helpline. And companies are being proactive. They will have already been contacting their customers to see what help they can give and sending around claims inspectors and loss adjusters to get those claims moving, get people into alternative accommodation and pay for them to stay somewhere while their property is drying out. Are some people not going to be covered at all, though? Most people, provided they've got insurance, of course, will be covered. It, uh, flood damage is a standard part of buildings and contents policy. Sadly, around one in four homes do not have contents insurance, so they really are going to be left to the mercy, I suppose, of the local authority to get help from that source. And when people come to renew their insurance, are they going to have problems? Are they going to see big premium rises and... Selfishly, what about the rest of us who are just afraid of floods? Are we going to see big premium rises? Well, the bad news is that the flood risk is getting worse in the UK and uh, all the climatologists tell us that we can expect more extreme outbreak of bad weather. The good news is that flood insurance continues to be widely available to just about all of the 2 million homes that are vulnerable to flooding. We've got an agreement with the government that says, providing you pump in more money to defending flood defences, we will continue to make flood insurance widely available. So just about everybody who wants it can get it. As far as premiums are concerned, an event like this, even to the size that we're talking about, is unlikely to push up premiums across the board. Household insurance is very competitive. Premiums have virtually remained unaltered in the last decade, despite all this bad weather we've been having recently. So I suppose the answer really is to shop around and, uh, and to get the best deal. The vast, vast majority of properties will be able to get some insurance, will they? There aren't going to be blighted areas. The vast majority of properties that are vulnerable to flooding will be able to obtain, as they can at the moment, flood insurance. The only issue is a small number of properties that are unprotected uh, against the risk of flooding, where that risk is quite great, then there can be no guarantees, I'm afraid, that they will be able to get cover, but insurers will do all they can talking to those property owners to see how they can reduce the risk and therefore make themselves a good bet, if you like, for insurance. That was Malcolm Tarling of the Association of British Insurers. And for more on home insurance, visit ft.com forward slash money.
coming up, should you go down the aisle to buy a divorce kit? We ask if a £15 legal document from Tesco's is worth the paper it's written on. Before that, though, buy to let property. A soar-away housing market, low-cost mortgages and generous tax rules have made buy-to-let one of the most popular investments of recent times. But as we featured in an earlier FT Money show, it's now becoming harder to earn enough rental income to cover mortgage payments. And things could get a lot harder if the Chartered Institute of Housing gets its way and the tax relief for buy-to-let investors is abolished. So is the buy-to-let market about to experience subsidence? Richard Anderson got the views of Sarah Webb, who's Deputy Chief Executive of the Chartered Institute of Housing. Sarah, your organisation is actually calling for the end of of all these tax reliefs. Could you just explain why that is? Yes. Um, I think think I'd like to make clear that this isn't an attack on individual buy-to-let investors because nobody's actually doing anything wrong. Our problem is that there is, as as I guess most people would be aware, an acute shortage of affordable housing for people, particularly first-time buyers and sons and daughters of people who've owned their own homes for their whole lives are now really struggling in most parts of the country to get a foot on the property ladder. And because buy-to-let is quite an attractive thing to get into, what we're finding is that buy-to-let investors are competing with first-time buyers and, and helping to make it that little bit harder for first-time buyers to get a foot on the market. So it's not an issue about individual buy-to-let investors, but a sort of unintended consequence of the growth in the buy-to-let market that's having a negative impact on first-time buyers. And presumably you've been been lobbying the government on this. How likely do you think it is that the, the rules will be changed? It's always difficult to tell what's going on in the minds of the Treasury, but I think there's been quite a lot of interest over recent months about this issue and I think the Treasury are aware of the impact. I think Gordon Brown has said, not least when he was standing outside number 10 on the first day of being Prime Minister, that the supply of affordable housing was one of his key priorities. So I would hope that we'll see some kind of movement on this issue. I mean, with interest rates going up, obviously buy-to-let investors are seeing their margins squeezed as it is. Um, with these tax reliefs, if they were to, to be scrapped, presumably that, that could actually make buy-to-let investing unprofitable. I don't know whether it would make it unprofitable. It, it might well reduce the margins, and, and I guess that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping that it becomes a less attractive option for some people, not for everybody, but for some people, because of the impact it's having on first-time buyers. So. I would like to see a cooling of the buy-to-let market. Buy-to-let has a very important part in, in the overall housing market. It's just it's run away with us, really, in the last couple of years. I mean, just taking things to an extreme, do you think there's a possibility that, that if the tax reliefs were scrapped and, and buy-to-let investing became less attractive, that, that it actually could tip the housing market over the edge? Obviously, it's in quite a precarious position as it is. Yes, I mean, it's not in anybody's interest for that to happen, and I don't think we would be recommending options that were that drastic to create that. I mean, I think private renting generally has always been a very important part of the overall housing supply and we need that to continue. It's it's important for people that, you know, want to move around the country for jobs, for example. So we wouldn't want anything to happen that precipitated a crash in the market. I mean, I, I do think that perhaps there's a bigger problem why not to let investors or buy to leave investors, particularly from abroad, who may 
if they see the market in property not beginning to be as, as strong as it was. And we, we heard the news recently about the value of flats, that if all of those flats got dumped on the market at the same time, then there could that could precipitate a, a crash. But, it, you know, I think it's in everyone's interest to avoid that happening as far as possible. That was Sarah Webb of the Chartered Institute of Housing. And to find out more about buy-to-let investing, visit ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, cheapo divorces. As many couples have found to their cost, there's no such thing. But there is now a way to keep the legal costs, at least, if not the emotional and financial costs, down. Supermarket giant Tesco is now selling legal divorce kits for just £15. So is this a clever way to cut out all the lawyers and leave more money to split between you? Or is it more trouble and strife than it's worth? Ellen Kelleher popped the questions to Eddie Ryan, Managing Director of the Cooperative Legal Services. Eddie, could you explain how the Legal Services Bill opens up the market for supermarkets and insurers and accountants to go into the legal services market? Yeah, well, very briefly, Ellen, legal services at the moment are known as restricted services with only solicitors and solicitors owning solicitor practices to provide this work. The Legal Services Bill will open up the market to other people to own solicitor practices and to employ solicitors to pursue work on the behalf of their customers. Why do you think supermarkets are so interested in offering legal services? Well, a number of the supermarkets may be interested. There's no one really said definitely that they will enter this marketplace. A number have dipped in the toes into the legal services, particularly around conveyancing and offering estate agent services. But they may look at the margins and think there are some good profits to be had there. But it's also a method of providing additional services to their customer base. What sort of services could I get through my membership in the co-op? Oh, well, the co-op has identified that uh, legal services are primarily a distress purchase or a purchase of necessity. You may have a dispute with your neighbour, boundary dispute, or you need to use a solicitor to, to complete a conveyancing. And we've identified that uh, there is therefore a need for our members and a time of need and a time of necessity. We are there to, to help them out. So we have looked at all of the consumer legal services and suggested that we will be entering the conveyancing market. We will be providing a free legal advice line to our members who are to, to cover off any consumer legal matter that they may have. Uh, we'll also be providing a probate service. We recognise that with our funeral business, we actually touch about 15% of all funerals in the UK and we provide a very professional service there, but there's a requirement beyond the funeral then to handle the estate of the deceased persons and we realise this is also a time of distress for our members who are left to handle those estates. So we're intending to move into the probate market and offer a probate service recognise our members will have accidents and we will be providing a personal injury service for the members at times when they've been involved in accidents. The final service, I think, is one where we will be providing a will writing service. At the moment, there are about 70% of the UK population, the Law Society has estimated, that do not have a valid will. And we're looking to provide a will writing service to not only our co-op members, but also the customers of the co-op stores as well. Eddie Ryan of the Cooperative Legal Services there. And for more on all aspects of financial planning, visit ft.com forward slash money. And for more on all aspects of financial planning, visit ft.com forward slash money.
And that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, from the FT Money Show team, and from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. the FT Money Show team and from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.